Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, dude. The 90s called. With Christine Taylor and David Lasher. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us this week on Hey, Dude, the 90s called. I'm Christine. And I'm here with my co-host. Yes, I'm David. <laughs> Hi, David. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Hey, congratulations. I saw that Casey made a decision. Yes. That's my, our so son exciting. Casey has committed to University of Texas at Austin. I'm so excited for him. That's so great. And what a fun town to get to go visit. I know, right? And I, I, I'm so excited because the school is amazing i mean they have so much to offer but the city as you know i mean that's where we reconnected right yes at at the austin tv festival um it's just like a thriving city with that you know sixth street with all those bars and the music and the The music the food yes that's what i was thinking yeah i'm he has he he spent a weekend there and had a great time but he really stayed like in the frat party scene and didn't really explore the city, but I'm like, 
Casey, you know, after freshman year, you still have sophomore year, junior year, senior year. Like the city is going to come into play here. Yes. And, yes. Uh, He'll find that. They'll find. How far is the campus from downtown? Well, the campus is like kind of its own part of town and yeah. the kids kind of own that area. Yeah. You know, it's a frat frat row and uh sorority row and and the campus is is big. It's it's almost integrated into the city. But then yeah, if you venture out, I mean, you know, there's that lake running through the city, people paddleboarding down the river and laying out and all those tech headquarters are there, you know, uh there's just so many opportunities there. And um you know, it was a little leap of faith for him because he doesn't know that many kids going there. Mm. And he kind of wanted to just forge his own path. You know, he had, a, he, he worked hard to have a lot of options. And uh, so he, we, at, at the end of the, at the end of the decision process, we were literally asking waiters at dinner, like, <laughs> well, what do you think, uh, this school or this school? <laughs> oh gosh. It's so amazing to sort of let them take the reins, right? And to you, you, you have to, obviously you're the parent and you need to book things and show up and kind of guide them through it a little bit, but like really backing off and letting them make the decision that feels best for them is, it's kind of freeing, isn't it? And pretty impressive when you see your child really understanding who they are and what they want. Like, I think that's so awesome and it's really exciting. Yeah. And you I'm never want to be, uh, I, I didn't want to be the parent that pushed him one way or the other. And then it, he didn't love it. And he goes, you made me go here. And now of course. I, you know, I, I wanted it to purely be his decision, but it, 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 you know, he took so long deciding other kids were getting housing and roommates. And I was like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm like, Casey, if it was me, I'd go to UT. Right. You know, that's, I, what, it, that's it, all you can say. And then you wash your hands of it and walk away right. and then let him let, let that digest a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, let me ask you something. I, you, we both know our college experience or lack thereof, but had you gone, and I know it was going to be NY, but would you have ever been the frat guy kind of thing? Was that your, was that your right up your alley or no? I don't think so. I mean, I've heard what you have to go through, you know, yeah, that worries me for pledging and I, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't do well with like vomit and excessive drinking and, and like disgusting stuff like that. But this vomit thing, that's an, that's like a new, like I have another friend whose son is pledging right now at another school. And, and she said she's sworn to secrecy, but she said it involved bodily fluids. And there's really only so many bodily fluids. And, and somebody said vomit because I guess that's, I guess that's the thing that happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I wanted to, I wanted to throw up. And then there was something also about maybe eating a live goldfish. I don't know if that's real. That's upsetting. Listen, I Peta would not be thrilled about that. <laughs> I can't believe how antiquated the whole process is that it's still what it was like in the 50s, you know. Right? I get the idea of going through hell with a group of guys that bonds you forever, right? So his pledge class, these are going to be his brothers. Like like if you went to war with somebody. Right. Well, you we you you use that analogy when you did um uh, the movie when you did White Squall, that that was that was like what it felt like for you. It was going through that experience with those guys and you're forever united. Yeah. White Squall was like a six month hazing process. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 
I I agree. I really I like that in theory. I obviously there's been horrible accidents and terrible things that have happened um, in recent years that still keep happening, which is, again, why I also feel like why can't schools sort of, you know, have some parameters that really need to be followed because you certainly don't want, you know, awful things happening to kids. But I do see the 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 upside of 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 it of the bonding yeah it's about the bonding and uh i'm just so excited for him he can't wait to go and i can't wait to visit him and and you you and i are going right uh to yes. do some uh panel for iheart and we're doing some episodes in austin yes. and his orientation happens to be that week so that's he awesome might, he might be with me oh that's so fun um oh, we, have, I, we, we have, have a guest yes we do <laughs> let's have him come in and let's say hi what's up kel mitchell Oh, hi! Yo, what's up, Kel Mitchell? I'm you. I'm good. Thanks for joining us, <laughs> dude. We Happy got to be here. Nickelodeon royalty in the oh, house. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> no, we have similar beginnings, man. You know, we we started on Nickelodeon probably before you guys. When, when did uh, all that? When did that start? All that was 94, 94. Okay, so you were on our heels, right? right yes. When we yeah, because when, when did you guys come out? When was that? We were 89 to 91. So okay. we only, we had a couple of years, got as many episodes in as possible, and then we got out of, out of the desert. Out out of Tucson, yeah. Arizona. We were we were a great experiment, basically. Uh, <laughs> great show, though. I love that show, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, everybody worked hard, but we didn't know what we we, we didn't know what Nickelodeon was, and uh, I think it was their first scripted show, right, Christine? I think so. Yeah, I think it was us and Salute Your Shorts. Maybe so we always we always go back and forth on this. But hey, hey, did you guys shoot in? Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was yeah. so you were you got to reap the benefits of the big Nickelodeon studios, right? Yeah. So we yeah we shot in Florida, and then we went from Florida to LA. Like oh, later. you did. But, but it started it started in Florida, and that was that was cool because they had the Nickelodeon tour and all that stuff going through the studio, and um, it was the whole Universal tour, but Nickelodeon was part of it. So like you'll be shooting, and then they had this huge window at the top. And so the tourists that were coming through Universal, oh my God. they would come and, you know, just look at it. So depending <laughs> on what we were doing, because I got fans that come up to me like, yeah, you were just, you know, I was doing all kind of crazy stuff. Because <laughs> right. they would look, see our rehearsals. Look, look, look at the actors in their natural yes, environment. In, yeah, yes. <laughs> look how they're studying their lines. <laughs> it's just the zoo of actors, right? <laughs> These weird creatures. Um, but where where did you grow up? And did you audition in Florida or, or did they fly you out? How did it all work? Okay, yeah. So, um, um, oh, yeah, we're already into it. Oh, we were just talking. I didn't know we were going. <laughs> this is it, man. <laughs> he said, this is it. Um, yeah, so um, in uh, on the south side of Chicago, that's where I grew up. Um, I was a kid that was very uh, energetic. Um, I was a bit of a class clown. Uh, my parents tried everything. Um, they were like, okay, let's try Kung Fu. Boy Scouts, science camp, like every everything. And uh, the one thing that stuck was acting. Uh, it was one summer 
uh, my parents sent me to a uh, summer like course at uh, the community theater in our neighborhood. And uh, I've went to this uh, theater a lot of times, saw different plays. Um, and I remember going there and I was just like, yo, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is, this is it. And um, I got to improv in there. Um, I got to do a lot of plays there, which was super awesome. Um, and then from there, we started to get kind of noticed as far as like, um, I started doing plays in like Victory Gardens Theater, downtown Chicago, Goodman Theater uh, in downtown Chicago. And this wasn't a thing of like, oh, I want to be on television. This was a thing of, this is a positive outlet. And what a a great theater city. I I mean, did you ever do any of the uh, Second City or any of the sketch type programs? Yeah, totally know of Second City because they're just super, super awesome. But when I was, uh, I wasn't ready for Second City yet. At at that point, yeah, at that point I was too young. Uh, But yeah, just so much uh, amazing talent um, in the city of Chicago Mm -hmm. uh, into you know, even getting noticed uh, after working in the theater, you know, community out there, uh, I started getting like a little bit of critical acclaim of some of the plays I was in because I was in plays with like adults and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, then the audition that came along, you know, after a few years doing theater, um, well, my first gig was I was a model. So I like to tell people that. <laughs> uh, of, cor- of course oh, you tell, are. Oh, tell us what you modeled. <laughs> at, at what age was this, 12? Anyway, yeah, I, this was like I was doing, um, I was on the back of the Captain Crunch Crunchberry box. Oh, oh yes. Dude, so that's I had like a high top, high top fade, holding Crunchberries, you know? Oh, yes. Yes. To me, that was it. Like, I was a, a freshman in high school at that point, and, and people were running around with the box, like, get on the box, and they were running around. Yeah, you made uh, it, man. You made it. <laughs> but uh, but then when I became, I was a sophomore in high school, um, and I had finals on the brain, and uh, all that came along it was, a, it was an audition. Um, around that time, you didn't get shows like that that would come um, and be in Chicago. Um, it was more like infomercials and maybe a TV movie here and there. But then when that came along, it was like, okay, sketch comedy for kids. Oh, this is crazy. But I had finals on the brain. So I <laughs> my parents were very serious about education. My, my dad's a uh, retired psychologist. My mom is a retired teacher. So, you know, it was like school, very, very important. And so I go in right. to do this audition and I forget my monologue. And I never do that. And so I was just like, oh. And then they're like, oh, yeah, just walk out and, you know, go study it, you know, and come back in. I was like, oh, thank you. The great casting director is great. So I walk out, but I knock over like this, you know, with all the video cameras. We're talking about the 90s. So this was the big VHS oh, no. tape. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I knock it over. <laughs> and I'm like, play it off. And I do it in a funny, physical way, but I hear them laughing. I later I found out they were laughing with me, but at that point I thought they were laughing at me. So I'm like, oh no, I've ruined this audition. Yeah, you thought you were right. I go back in and they're like, okay, you're going to do the monologue, but first let's see you do some impersonations. And I'm like, okay. And instead of doing impersonations of people that were famous, I did impersonations of people that I, you know, saw on the L. You know, riding on the train, going to, you know, downtown. <laughs> and then uh, my uncles, my teachers, I did all of that in there. Uh, Ed was in there because, you know, I used to watch 
um, you know, Bill and Ted, Exit and Adventure and stuff like that. And I, and me and my friends used to laugh, like, you know, like, what if those kids, like, from Say by the Bell grew up on the south side of Chicago? You know what I mean? How would they talk? And they're like, well, yeah, let's go over there on 95th Street, Stony Island, you know, and all that stuff. So I did all that in there. And then I also did my coach, who was just very, very mean. Like, if it was Valentine's Day, he wouldn't care. He would yell at the kids and go, no one cares about Valentine's a lot. Yeah. And I would I did that in there. And all these characters that the writers actually used and ended up being in the show. But um in my audition, did the monologue afterwards, then it was five days or a week that I didn't hear anything. You all know if you don't hear nothing for about a week, you ain't get it. So you write um, it off. <laughs> so, Wait, had you prepared that stuff? Had you had had you prepared material or they just you just on the spot came up and did impressions of people? On the spot, and they hadn't oh told God. us we were going to be doing impersonations like that. I wasn't even, and so it was just like literally on the spot. And I remember Brian Robbins, uh, Dan, everybody was in there, like from head of the class. They were all in there, uh, cracking up, falling on the floor from these characters. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, like, okay, I I got this thing, and then I rocked the monologue, but then I didn't hear anything. And then I remember it was late one night, like the weeks later. And then a phone, the phone ring, and you know that's back when there was no cell phones. So it's like, all right. And my mom was like, "What? We're going what now? What you want to do? Hey, ah, all right, thank you, Jesus." And so we went to L.A. And then this was every funny kid from every city. This was the Avengers of all the. the oh, there was another kids. round of auditions. Wow. Another round, bro. Oh, another round. Shoot. And we flew out to L.A. to battle these other kids. I got in uh, and ended up being on all that. And, and the thing about all that is that it was only a special. It was just supposed to be a special. It wasn't picked up because like you all had mentioned, too, Nickelodeon was still figuring this whole thing. Finding out. its so, its legs. Yeah. Yeah. So even a sketch show that was so diverse that was like I, it, it gets compared to Saturday Night Live a lot, but I compare it to In Living Color. Because mm-hmm. of the diversity oh, and because the of the acts that we had on the show, as far as like musical acts and stuff, I feel like it was more similar to that. And what's crazy is, is that they never had tried anything like this before. So they're like, let's try it as a special. And if it takes off, then it could be that. So we we shot it, did the special, and everyone went back home thinking like, oh, that was great. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the call started back up again. It was like, we're doing this as a season. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I, my notes show that all that was Nickelodeon's longest running series from '94 to 2005. Let's go! Yeah. So that worked That's out, incredible. man. Incredible! It worked out, man. It worked out. So it was like on a dime that you went from being, you know, focusing on finals yes. <laughs> to a, a week later, a week or so later, going out to audition and shooting this and so so where were you at in school and what was the the was it sort of a big was this a big discussion in your household that have knowing that it was important to your parents that you graduate and yes (laughs) so here's the thing it was it's definitely a big conversation because uh my mom uh ended up being pregnant around the same time right and so she just had my baby sister who was just like a few months so oh, wow. we were trying to figure out like, okay, how are we going to do this? And then I have a, a, a older sister as well, my dad. And so then my mom was like, okay, I'll fly with him. 
out to Florida and I'll be like momager. So I'll be out there. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, that happened. And so uh, shout out to my mom for, you know, deciding to do that. She was and it just so it worked because she was already taken off from teaching because she was pregnant. So she for a little bit. So she was able to be able to do that uh, at the same time. You know what I mean? Which was cool. And so went out there uh, to go do that. And then it was finished in school. Shout out to, um, you know, my school at the time, CVS High School. Uh, I just recently went, I know I'm moving forward, but I just recently went to my high school and got to speak to the kids there, uh, which was super awesome and give back. But uh, just, it was just a surreal moment to say like, hey, I was in these same chairs. Right. Wow. And had this dream and all these things and you all can do the same. But okay, so I'll go back. And so, um, <laughs> And so, yeah, and we did that. And my teachers sent my work back and forth because, you know, we had on location education. I don't know if you guys did that. Oh, my God. Alan Simon. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. that was on my location job. education. I was going to say. Education. Oh, my God. That must have been Nickelodeon's, their, their people, right? Yeah, I got yeah. straight A's my whole senior year. <laughs> Bro, so we would run into, go in his trailer. We're all different ages, different classes, but we had our tutors, as you all know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, and go in rehearsals, go do that back and forth, back and forth. Um, but what's cool is that Keenan and I, we were like, we want to stay, you know, enrolled in our school. So every time we would go on hiatus, we would go back to school, you know, because I wanted to still have that experience. And what was cool about it, Nickelodeon, well, it's not like now where like with social media, everybody would have known, but it takes time to film, you know. And it takes a little bit. So I was able to, we were able to finish out like sophomore year, junior year, then around senior year. That's when it got a little, it got a little crazy because <laughs> we had freshmen that were coming in even when my junior year and I'd be like, cause you know, like where I grew up, I didn't want everybody knowing like this kid, that's there, like what's right. going on. You know what I mean? So you I was, just I wanted to like, fly under the radar a little, right? I did. I remember, uh, I feel like it was my junior year cause the teachers, that had younger kids, uh, one of the teachers was like, I saw Boys to Man was on your show. <laughs> and next time, if he comes through, give him this. And I'm like, what? And I had like, oh my God. <laughs> giving me stuff and, <laughs> and all these things. And then uh, my, one of my teachers ended up playing uh, one of the episodes. So imagine this, like I'm in between classes and I'm walking to my classroom and I hear me as a character doing, I'm like, no, <laughs> like playing no. it. And now oh, everybody knows what's going on. Worlds <laughs> colliding together. Yeah. It got to a point where we couldn't, we could not anymore. And also too, it, it got kind of crazy. Like wherever we would go, like any kid spot, we, they would be chasing us all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like Chuck wow. Cheese, you know, there was, a, there. <laughs> there was a delay, right. In the Nickelodeon shows. I, I remember for us, it took a year probably before mm-hmm. we not only we were working all the time, but then, yeah, then we'd end up, you know, at, at a mall or at Universal and then we, we'd get chased and realize, oh, my gosh, people are watching this. Yeah. <laughs> but you you played like your character was you. So you yeah. weren't you couldn't hide behind like, uh, you know, a fictional character. You well, everyone... the first show was not me. So that was uh, all oh. that. It was. Ed Goodberger, Coach Creighton, all like, you know, I had like eight different characters that I would play. So that was good. But then also, too, they still knew us because we would do the wraparounds and stuff like that. So like the younger kids knew it was like 
like the, a lot of the high school students weren't really watching Nickelodeon around that time. You know what right. I mean? But then exactly. when all that started to like rev up and they started seeing the musical guests that we had, then high school students, they started to get that older audience in. And then, then it was cool, was, right? It was pandemonium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how did Keenan and Kel, the spinoff, come about? Okay, so then that's when, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> then, then there was no hiding. That was, that was, there was absolutely no hiding. Yeah. So it was kind of like, uh, it, it was a hiatus where they said, okay, we know the other kids are going to go home and you all usually do go home. But at this point, what we want you all to do, uh, we're going to create a show that's just about you and Keenan because we were watching you and Keenan on set and off of set. And you guys are very funny. We got this great idea. And I was was like, that okay. just in, when you met Keenan? Was that just instant bonding? Was that sort of like you guys had a shorthand right from the start, and it just worked? Yes. Oh, that's yeah, so great! Thing, it's like um, when we did all that. I don't know if they planned this, but all the kids were we're from different cities, except for me and Josh. We were both from Chicago, so we knew each other in auditions and stuff. But um, when we got there and we got the role, they had us all staggered coming out to the lobby to meet everybody at once. Keenan was the last one to come out of the elevator uh, at the Peabody Hotel in Florida. <laughs> I was there. And I remember he came out of the room and he had on the uh, Mighty Ducks rollerblades and the Mighty Ducks gear. And I'm like, oh, of yeah, course yeah, yeah. I got to kick it with that kid. I got to hang out with him. And then our moms are like identical. Like mm-hmm. same height, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, they're still friends to this day. They they got a business together, all kind of stuff. But oh, yeah, they're awesome. like super, super cool. And so we just kind of gel, you know what I mean? Um, and in our sketches that we did, um, it just was kind of like, I would say something, he would know what I was going to say. You know what I mean? We got each other's comedy. Um, and even to this day, we still get each other's comedy. And so they saw that. And they were just like, yo, we got to turn this into something. And it was so cool because we had been doing sketch. And then they were like, yo, this show is going to be like a Martin Will Smith type of, you know, a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air type of show, Martin show. And we're like, yo, for real? And we're <laughs> like, yeah. And we're like, we're going to shoot the pilot while, you know, the other kids are on hiatus. We'll shoot the pilot. But this goes, you all have, you know, two shows simultaneously going on. And we're like. Okay, you know what I mean? let's let's do it, and it and it worked. It kicked wow. out, uh, it, and it was just such an uh, amazing, amazing show. Like to this day, I'm still get have to do orange soda. I'm getting asked about orange soda. The orange soda, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it doesn't matter. Like five star restaurant, whatever. People are still talking about the waiter. Go, hey, you're not gonna get orange soda, <laughs> you know dude. I just. I just watched an episode where they put a lock on the orange soda thing and they want to start charging you for it and you pass out. I mean, when you when you recognize I'm glad they recognized the comedic team that you two were, because when you when you see two people that play off each other like that, it's almost undeniable. And Mm -hmm. and I'm just so happy that they they nurtured it and you were able to go on and work so many years together. Yeah, man, it's uh, that's what you hope for. You know what I mean? As an actor, you know, a lot of times yeah. you, you get booked on something. Once it's say cut, you might not never hang out with that person again. But right. it's like super awesome to uh, have this brotherhood with Keenan that has just been over so many years. It's cool. It's 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, was bought it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean! Huh? Oh! Oh! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time 
with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So Brian Robbins, Christine, you know Brian, right? I do know Brian, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. First of all, I'm an inspiring guy. I mean, he's, oh, you know, on. really done amazing things. But so so he, he created um, all that. Mm-hmm. But, but, but he then, also started out as an actor, right? Yeah, yeah, head of the class. Head of the class. Yeah, the class. That, oh, right, God. exactly. Yeah. Um, it, that was the 80s, yes? If we get yeah. our decades mm-hmm. in line here. So, yes. Yeah, so go ahead, David. Yeah, so so the movie Good Burger, which has become, you know, a, a cult hit, and I want to <laughs> talk about the sequel that you guys are doing. But yeah. how did uh, how did that come about with okay, Brian Durant? So, so uh, Ed was obviously a character on all that, and... It was a thing where it just really started to take off. And so like every musical guest wanted to be in a, a Good Burger sketch. And we had some like amazing, you know, um, you know, entertainers and musical guests that would come through there. And uh, I remember where the first big thing it did was that we were doing the all that soundtrack. So this was Nickelodeon trying out saying, hey, yo, let's put out an album. And so <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because, you know, I started off rapping first. You know what I mean? So it was like, OK, cool. And I had already flew my boys out. We did. They, we were on the first season of all that as a musical guest. So I'm like, yeah, let's go. And Brian, because it's, you know, it's such a great creative mind. Right. And that's why I always like working with Brian, because it's like, I'm always like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And we would have to just like bounce back and forth. And I remember he's like, hey, yo, so you rap, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so we're going to put you with the top boy group right now with Immature and you're going to rap. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go. Like they're the top R&B kid group. Let's go rap. So we go to the studio and I'm thinking I'm going to rap as Kel because I'm like, yeah. And then he goes, no, you, you got to do it as Ed. And I'm like, oh, no. and I'm like, and I said, okay. Well, if Ed is going to be rapping, he about to be doing some bars. It's going to be fire, right? <laughs> and so oh, I go gosh. there and I, you know, right? And, you know, as Ed, and Ed's like rapping. And now what's funny is that this music video has gone viral again because people are just like, what, Ed rapping? Like, what is what's going on? <laughs> who, who wrote the lyrics? Did you write that the song? That was me. That was oh, me. I wrote awesome. the lyrics as Ed rapping. And then uh, Watch Me Do My Thing in the singing part that they wrote all that as far as Immature in their group. And uh, it was just like so, so awesome. I remember being in the studio as Ed. And I remember Immature saying, say, say cuckoo kachoo because you said that on a sketch. <laughs> And I'm just like, what? And, I'm just, and, I, and I made it cool. I was like, cool, 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 cool. what you want to do? And it just it worked. And so that we ended up on the Billboard charts with that song because oh it was oh, come on. one of the top boy bands at that time. And so um, that kicked off. And then Ed started to be like on MTV Jams and all these other shows. And then we had Kenny Nikel going on simultaneously. So then it became where... They Paramount was like, yo, let's do a movie with Good Burger. And so, and Brian is like, I've never directed a movie before, but I've done this TV show. Uh, let's get it. And he's just like, let's do it. And it was similar to all that, where it's like, let's try it out. 
you know, the same way they did for all that. And it blew up. And the same thing happened with with all that. I mean, with uh, the Good Burger movie where they wanted a quick turnaround. We had to shoot that thing really, really quickly. Get it out. Uh, Brian did an amazing, amazing job. Uh, The writers, shout out to the writers. Amazing job. And uh, yeah, man, we're just like a it's crazy. Like we're like a big family. Like we're still talking about it to this day where it's just like really walking out on faith saying, Hey, let's see if they dig it. (laughs) Right. And then having this sort of almost sort of charmed version of it where it does all work. And then they're just like, well, now we're going to give you another show. And now we're going to give you a movie. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen anyway, in, in the entertainment industry. Brian Robbins sounds like Judd Apatow before Judd Apatow oh, yeah. was around. Like he saw the talent. He said, you can do this. You can do this. And then he's the guy that actually got things done. You know, everybody, yeah. you know, how everybody talks out here. Oh, we could do this. We could do that. But Brian actually was like, let's do it. We're going to record. We're going to write a movie. We're going to do a movie. And yes. I want to ask you, what what was the original sketch for Good Burger? What was the concept of the <laughs> sketch for Good Burger? Okay, so here's what's, and I love telling this story. Um, on the first season of all that, there was a sketch called Dream Remote. And in the sketch, Josh Server uh, had this remote where he would forward through his life, rewind, all this stuff like that. Similar to the Adam Sandler movie that came right. out years later. Yes. Right. I feel like, I feel like uh. Adam must have saw it. <laughs> you know what I mean? but, A little but, seed was planted. Yes. Man. And so, but yeah, because we did this way back in the early 90s. And so uh, he was forwarding and doing all this. And then he uh, ordered a pizza and he forwarded the pizza coming. So it was just like, I was just playing a pizza guy. I walked to the door and I went, here's your pizza. And I, cause I did the voice that did not audition. And they were like, yo, we got to do something with this character. And so like writers got together, created this world of Good Burger. You know, this fast food employee uh, that messes up orders. I didn't have the alpha, the braids and all that stuff like that. So when I read this, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. And coming from the world of theater, um, I was really into like really creating the character. Like, how does he walk? You know, what's his background? Uh, what's how does he look? Cause I did a lot of my own makeup and stuff in in, in theater. So I yeah, that's the word. makeup and hair room. And I saw this Millie Vanilli braids. And <laughs> I was just like, I gotta do it. And I put it on. And that's the beauty. Like, shout out to the cast and crew of all that because they were really into letting kids like be creative. So imagine I just go into the hair and makeup room and I bust out with this, like, yo, dude, what do you guys think? And they're just like, sure, let's get it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And it Ed was born, and, you know, to now to this day, you know, there's five-year-olds having good burger birthdays and mm-hmm. themed birthdays and you know we we did the pop-up restaurant we opened that up you know a few years back and you know it's uh, just like the orange soda <laughs> i still get welcome to good burger whether i'm at a drive-thru or a restaurant. <laughs> i get all that and it's just like i'm so humbled by it like it's 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 super it's super awesome like i love it it's it's great <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah was the movie a big hit right off the bat i can't remember because i know it's grown and grown Okay, so here's the thing. The budget for the movie, you know, they just gave us a budget. Like, okay, here here you go. You know what I mean? Uh, and we tripled it. 
And that was the thing. So it came in at like, I want to say that weekend, it came in like number four, number five. Like it wasn't like a number one movie, but then it created a cult classic. And for everyone else, they're going, yo, the burger's doing numbers. It's still (laughs) staying in the theaters. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like this movie. And that's what, that's what happened. That's what ultimately happened. And then for it to be a cult classic as well to the point now where you know uh bringing it back which is super super awesome as well <laughs> yeah it's that incredible is- yeah, yeah. <laughs> good good burger too you is coming did you guys start shooting yet or no we start shooting in may like literally after All i get right. off with you guys i am uh, looking at some auditions for a cameo stuff that I can't tell you about, but but, I'm doing, but it's so it's it's awesome. Like uh, Keenan and I are producing this with uh, you know with Paramount and you know with Brian and everything, and it's just beautiful to be you know producing with the producers that produced me when I was a kid, and it's just like this is it's super, a full circle amazing. moment, right? Yeah. A full circle moment. Full, full circle moment, uh, and we've been working on this for a while. Like everybody knows about it now, but like. Uh, it got serious in the last three years where it got really serious, but we were like, we want this script to be really, really good because right. a lot of twos in movies, you know what I mean? So we wanted to make sure, and Keenan and I were very serious about that, and the script is amazing. It's super, super funny. A lot of, I mean, everybody, if you're a fan of Good Burger, you're, you're going to really love this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, when you made the first one, it was sort of this like, hey, why don't you guys try it? And you tried it, but now yeah. you are, you have a real serious fan base, right? So mm-hmm. it sort of ups the ante, so to speak. And, and for you and Keenan, I'm sure to with every step of the way, keeping the fans in mind, and is this going to yeah. please the with sequels? You always, right. When there's an expectation um, yeah. that, so that is very exciting. Yeah. Were you guys involved exciting. in writing the script? Not in writing, but giving our input, you know, with us being producers, we can definitely give our input within it. Um, And it was cool because uh, Kevin and Heath, who's writing it, they wrote the first one as well. Uh, It's great because we did the reboot of all that in 2019. And me and me, Kevin and Heath got to play a lot with bringing it back and all that stuff like that, because with producing the show, bringing it back. That was fun because the writers were like, yeah, we know that you're uh, producing on it, Kel, but. Uh, can you get back in the Ed outfit? And can you do can you do Coach Creedon? And I was I was talking to my wife. I was like, thank God I've been working out. Cause I mean, this physical comedy, man. It's like and I'm oh. keeping up with these other the young new cast and all this stuff like that. I was like, I gotta you, drink a lot of water. you kept your, your Milli Vanilli wig. Yeah. Do my key, Broke my it keto out. meals, you know what I mean? Oh man. <laughs> You know, I was wondering, did, did were you and Keenan involved in any of the writing of the shows? Because it's it yeah. sounded like you guys. I mean, it, it, when you watch it, it it sounds like it, it it exudes your energy and your voices. Yeah, this is why I became a writer and started started to write because right. we just didn't know it at the time. So the thing about it is, is that they allowed us to improv because the, their thing about it was, hey, shoot it the way it was written. Uh, let's get it in the can two times. And then, hey, you guys, go crazy. And so, like, <laughs> we would literally change the script all the time with improv and definitely understanding our characters and doing that to the point where uh, it was seasons where they would say, hey, Kel, come in. What, you got some ideas? 
you know, and at the time, you know, <laughs> young, I got to know like, oh, I'm literally writing. What is going on? <laughs> right. Where, where's my credit? <laughs> and when I started figuring that out as I got older, then it was like, okay, let me put out my own content and start doing these things and let's collab. Let's collab with Nickelodeon. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was a camp that really prepared us uh, for writing, for producing, for doing all the things that we've done. Like I said, it's like, um, it's like college for us in high school and college. <laughs> you know what I mean? For, yeah, for, no, we talk about, hey, dude, yeah. it was like a training camp about yeah. everything from physical comedy to, you know, working 12, 14 mm -hmm. hour days. And um, it, it, yeah, it was like the best sort of film school you could go to. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were gonna become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was we'll it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. 
Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kel, I gotta ask you about okay. Mystery Men. And sidebar, sidebar, yes. Ben Stiller sends his love. He says wow. hello. He, he the, the, I've heard so many mystery men stories and am a big fan of mystery men. So I want to hear that process for you. And, and, um, and what was your experience on the movie? Because I've got, I've heard a, a lot of Ben's takes on the craziness of it all. Yeah, it got crazy. It tell got, me I said, hey. I will, I will. But, but tell us about that. Okay. So, um, for me, I remember th- uh, I went to the audition audition process um and it was really cool that that was like a because i'm this is a lot but this was a cool audition process when walking in there i remember the casting director had like a bohemian type of feel where we were at <laughs> so it was like the chairs was real and we just laid we just sat down on this like big like chairs that were super cool and she just talked to me first you know about like comedy and life and all that before we even got into the audition and then she was like so you want to do it and i'm like what <laughs> and she literally, I got the role at that point and it was kind of like super cool. And so then to find out the, the amazing cast that was in this, like you're talking about Ben Stiller, uh, Janine Garofalo, uh, Wes Studi, uh, I think mean, like Greg Kinnear, like I could go on and on. It was, it was big. And so I'm coming in there. I'm this Nickelodeon kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> to them, you know what I mean? Like and some of them knew some of them didn't, you know what I mean? And then I grew up on Pee Wee as well. I mean, you know, Paul. Rubens oh my and gosh, Paul of course. <laughs> and so I grew up on that and uh, to be working with them. And so, uh, but well, I will say this about uh, Mystery Man. I mean, obviously, you know, it was a, I want to say six months. Like it was, it yeah. was CGI was very different back then. <laughs> yes. So it wasn't as quick as you can get it done. And so it was like, you're talking about almost a year that we were almost, you know, filming this thing. And uh, what was crazy about it is that I remember the comedy because of so many comedians that it was a lot of, I want my joke in, I want my joke in, I want to do this, I want to do this. And so <laughs> Like shooting would take a long time because everybody <laughs> wanted their jokes and improving. And I remember that I wasn't involved in that because there was a thing of like, I don't want to, you know, I want to step on anybody's toes. I'm going to let them do their thing. And so one day, um, 
Janine kept watching me and was just like, well, what does Kel think? Yeah, Kel, what, what, what joke do you have to say in this? And I was like, oh, and I threw out a joke. And then Ben and everybody was like, oh! And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the kids got and now, I'm jumping in with the jokes now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. That is so I great. That. I love that. And you played, um, you were the invisible, invisible man, invisible boy. Invisible, invisible boy. Invisible boy. They can You're- only go invisible when no one was looking. And, <laughs> I, and my power actually, point? it actually worked. <laughs> Right. right. It, actually, it actually worked at the end. Like I actually ended up saving a day. Spoiler alert if you hadn't seen Mystery Man. But um, but within that, uh, I remember that day because they told me because when I come back, I come back. I'm, I'm naked when I reappear in the movie. <laughs> and I remember that day they said, oh, it's going to be a closed set and nobody's going to be in the room, Kel. And they're like, you're going to wear these. And it was like this, like, you know, oh, my no. color skin thong. No. <laughs> like okay and i put these on and they're like nobody's gonna be there and then i i do the scene and everybody's there like people stop <laughs> while, while you're naked yeah. well we'll have a thong yeah, well, little essentially thong. to me that, that's probably almost worse right it, when you've got that thing also it probably is worse i've never had to wear one of those but um yeah it, it, the, the that whole idea cuz again we've said that that would never happen today that would actually be a close set you would yeah. be able to demand that and it yeah. and people would listen but yeah. um my the funny story i that ben told okay. was like you had talked about that this was this like sort of big effects movie and but yeah. there was a whole third act with that had to do and ben said the biggest issue was and I'm going to say the word because it's a word that we laugh about in our house. The psychofraculator. <laughs> the psychofraculator, <laughs> which yes. is a made up thing that is like the psychofraculator. Yes. And, ev- and Ben just said his memory was everyone standing around in their ridiculous outfits and, you know, and the producer and, you know, and they're like over time and over budget. <laughs> the producer was like... I'm just more concerned about what is going to happen with this psychofraculator. And like everybody's having this really serious discussion in the costumes and talking yeah. about a, a thing that doesn't really exist. And he just had this sort of out of body experience. Like, yes. what are when we doing that, here? When you said, I literally was like, <laughs> boing, psychofraculator. That, that is the thing. We mention that all the time. Um, I love, I mean, here's the thing too. It was a wild experience with the filming of it. But I love Mystery Man. And here's the thing about it that's so funny. Uh, it became a cult classic. And right, so I was going to say that. It's another one with Good Burger because, you know, like I go to these Comic-Cons and things like that. And people come dressed as, you know, Ben. They come yeah. dressed as me. They come dressed in all these different like outfits that we had in the movie which is so cool. The shoveler, you know? <laughs> yeah, David, if you haven't seen it, it's sort of, they're like the misfit superhero. So Ben is Mr. Furious, but all yeah. he can, he doesn't have a real superpower. He just knows how to get mad. And Hank Azaria <laughs> plays the which blue Raja who he throws forks, right? He throws yep. cutlery. Oh and Janine is the bowler. Janine is the bowler. She had her dad's head was in the bowling ball. <laughs> right. It had magical powers. This sounds like an all that sketch. It's, well, they told us, yeah. here's the thing that, that is the new thing running around. I don't know if Ben knows this, but this is the thing. Oh. They're saying that our Mystery Man was the first, like, team-up movie. 
and they did a whole thing on this. I can see you, seeing you guys this. The pre like superhero universe. Right. Avengers. Uh, and right. Right. Superheroes together because before that it was just Batman, Superman, and you would just have their world. And they said that Mystery Man was the first movie to show Marvel and everyone that, oh, you can put all the superheroes together wow. and have this oh. world. So we got to do it too. We got, I mean, we got to make this. <laughs> you should I'll get blonde hair. You should, you should get royalties <laughs> on all these uh, Marvel movies. I sense, uh, I sense an idea sparking here. Wow. But again, they, yeah, they you're right. You do a song, right? You did a, uh, a song for the soundtrack. The, the I title did. Song? I did do a song. And one thing I'm kicking my foot. I, I, I kicking myself all the time for is uh, at the premiere, Ben uh, saw that I did that. And he said, why did you have Toby for the music video? And I'm like, oh, I wasn't even, I was, that would have been amazing. Like you you being in the music video with us, like we had Keenan in the video and that would have been, I mean, that would have been awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, he um, could have directed it too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, we had so much fun. Uh, they, I was working with Interscope at the time. And, you know, I was just rapping back then and I was just like, yo, Interscope's part of this. And uh, they also had a uh, goodie mob that was in the movie. They were in the movie as well. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, oh, this is an opportunity to do a song. And they were just like, yeah, do a Mystery Man song. So I did a song, submitted Amazing. it. They loved it. Uh, and we did like a uh, a song for the movie. They got in the movie. And then back when DVDs were you know, around, it was part of these special features. <laughs> <laughs> the, bo the bonus. I the miss bonus. those. I love those bonus. Um, See Invisible Boy rap on the special feature. You take it. <laughs> that Mystery Men seems to be on all the time, too. I noticed it's just sort of in flipping through, you know, the, the cable channels. I'll, I'll, I'll pop it on whenever. It's I, I gotta watch I, it. It's a such classic, a, man. Yeah, <laughs> you guys were incredible. It really was a talented bunch. And I'm glad to hear that Janine invited you in to yeah. let you do your thing. Yeah, that Good was for Jane. That, I love that, her. That was fun, man. And everybody, like everybody on that cast, were like big, you know, big brother, big sister. Like I admired everybody on there, and for them to all like just, I was just being a sponge. Like just give me the advice. These are comedians that I love, and so I just was just like getting all the advice, watching them. I was just in awe with it. You know what I mean? But then they were like, okay, now get in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now, now you Let's do play. some work. Yes. Yeah, yeah you just play. need you need one moment like that yeah. where someone says, yeah, let, let, let's, hear, let's hear your ideas. <laughs> yeah, man. And you're still doing music? I am still doing music. <laughs> I stopped for a while. I mean, I, I, I put my hand in a lot of stuff and I just like, my main thing is like, hey, I love this journey of life. And, and, and learning along the way and whatever God has for me, that's what I, I just step out on faith and do. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's just been super awesome. And um, I had a book called Bless Mode, uh, which is a, a 90 day devotional that I put out um, about a year and a half ago. And it did so really, it was doing so well and it works on your spiritual self and your physical self. Uh, and it's just a great book to motivate you to get up in the morning oh. and know that you're beautifully, wonderfully made by God. And so the cool thing about it was, was that I wanted to, uh, you know, have the devotional have a call to action. So I've seen a lot of devotionals where, you know, it motivates you, but then you put the book down and I'm like, no, I want you to do something. So I would throw burpees in there. 
I would throw. Like, Are you exercise. serious? Like some exercise? Some totally ex- serious. That yeah. is such a cool concept. I love it. And get so your I prayers that- on while you get some sit-ups in, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> the physical is so important too, as well. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. So I I did this uh, and it took off, and then I was like, I love music. You know what I mean? Let me get back in the music world. And uh, as I was creating the book, uh, this was during the pandemic. So it was a lot of, you know, working out and trying eating right and all these different things that me and my wife were doing anyway. We were doing it, having the kids do. And so I would have like a soundtrack every day that I would listen to. And so I was like, yeah, let's get in the studio and, you know, put a song to bless mode. So we did that, um, put it out. That was great. And then, of course, when I did that, now everybody's like, Kel's back in music. We need another. We need another record. We need another yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I just dropped my 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 uh, new single, "Go Time," as well, which is also a motivating uh, song as well. And so I'm I'm loving this. Like I'm loving that people are enjoying my music because that's yeah, that it's appreciated. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's at a time, honestly, Kel, where the world is looking for that. You know, people yeah. are looking for positivity, guidance, positivity, yeah. motivation, self-reflection. Um, yes. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And and I'm very impressed that you, your wife and your family spent the pandemic eating healthfully and being healthy because most people like me yeah. ate and made sourdough bread and <laughs> but that sourdough bread craze that was going around. Mm-hmm. I was on board with it. I mean, I feel like that pandemic, the first year yeah. was like, did I eat anything except for carbohydrates? <laughs> so I'm paying the price sure, now. <laughs> exactly. Well that's, well, that's how we started. Yeah. So that's how the workout ended up because we right. were just like, wait a minute. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> we need to work out. We need to do something. <laughs> have some type of schedule because, <laughs> yeah. How old are your kids? I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like. <laughs> oh, you're busy. Lovely. They're having a super, super day. And it was cool, like, doing um, a Good Burger and having them be able to experience that. And then now I'm doing bedtime stories as Ed now. Because <laughs> you know uh, they're like, do your voices, Dad. Do, you- yeah, do your voices. And then yeah, soon they're going to start they're, watching it and say, like, yeah. that's our dad. That's so There's great. no better audience in the world than your own kids. Oh yeah, man. I mean that's oh, yeah. special, man. My baby. Until they age out of that, and right, then right. you are their least <laughs> favorite yeah. person. The then you can do years. nothing right. <laughs> so enjoy this time now. <laughs> you got some time. Well, Kel, thank you so much, man. This was a great interview. Man. This was such a pleasure to meet you, you, to talk to you talk after to you. seeing you for so many years. Yes. Yeah. Good luck on the movie, man. We, I, I know there's so many people waiting to see this and you're going to bring a lot of joy to a lot of people. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. You guys, you guys got to come through. Come to the premiere. Come through. <laughs> yes. We've earned our Nickelodeon seats yeah. there, right? Yeah. We're going to be shooting <laughs> in uh, Rhode Island, you know, of all places. So that's going to be. <laughs> oh, that sounds great, though. How fun. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about it because the first one was in West Covina, California. Um, so now it's been. <laughs> Turning Rhode Island into West Covina. So Rhode Island. they must have a good tax credit or something. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yes. That's Random. Why we're at. <laughs> yep. Dude, we, if, if we get invites to the premiere, we will be there and we'll certainly be seeing it. And you're awesome, man. Congrats on everything. 
such Thank a pleasure you. meeting you yeah. and um and yes i will send ben a, a hello from you and v- vice versa keep those mystery men to ideas percolating let's go <laughs> people want it yeah ben's the king of sequels you know 20 20 years later no. 20 years later 30 years later i know <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Kel. Thank yes. you, guys. Have a great day. Have a day. good one, buddy. Yes, you too. <laughs> All right. Another good one in the books. Yeah. I. You know, it's so funny because I, you know, we were that little bit older. So what he was saying about, I, you know, I knew of, of the Nickelodeon shows, but they weren't shows that I was watching because we were, you know, we were a good handful of years older than them but over the years i've seen so much of him and of course mystery men but um what a what a joyful person like i just love again we we i think we have this in common with you and i david and also the people that we know and love and have worked with is that we all it's just sort of this love of the work and the opportunities that we get and that just sort of came through so much that he just is like i'm down for anything yeah, bring it on. I love it. Yeah, he's just such a such a positive attitude. And looking back on the work that they did, I mean, you know, Keenan Thompson, arguably one of the best sketch comedians oh. ever. I mean, he's like the longest running SNL right. uh, cast member. But I mean, the two of them together were at a young age, they were in such sync and 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 just so funny. I mean, you know, we were talking to Jody Sweeten about it the other, you know, last week. She was five years old. I know. Like zinging, zinging one-liners, you know? And like Kel said, he, he, he went into the audition. They said, you do some impressions. I mean, how many kids can break out, you know, impressions I know. and then I win know. the role? What's amazing, too, is how he had started, like he said, my goal was not just to be on TV. It was right, he theater. was looking for an outlet to be creative and get his juices flowing. He said he was like that kind of kid. So that theater experience, and I know a lot of people joke about, you know, community theater, but like, it's hardcore. I mean, I grew up in community theater in Pennsylvania, and it's, you know, pe- these are real productions with you know, people who are there because they love what they're doing, right. not because they're getting a paycheck, because they all have day jobs. Like as a kid working in community theater, like he was, you know, you're with the town dentist or whoever. I mean, <laughs> like, it's not all waiting, like waiting, waiting for, for government. government. It's not all that bad. No, <laughs> I, listen, I played the Prince and the King and I at Pleasantville Music Theater. I mean, I, I and when people ask me, I want to get in the business, you know, I want to act. What should I do? My first response is go do some theater. Yes. And you'll really, you'll, you'll, you'll either love it or you, or, or you won't. I mean, but the camaraderie, the rehearsal process, the bonding that goes on and the, the, um, collaboration. Yep. I feel like you, you either fall in love with it or you go, it's not for me. But I yes. think it's what a great place to start as an actor. Yes. And the, just the skill set that he learned. And I'm just, I can, I am so impressed. And by the way, it, it does really speak volumes for, you know, I, I think of our experience on Nickelodeon as well. And with the guidance of our writers at the time, they really entrusted so much. And again, because I think that it was sort of a new budding network in a way, you know, for, for, for television in that, in that sense, you know, um, but the, how much they allowed creative freedom with, the, with those kids on that show and, and what, and letting them do what, 
But as, as, as Kel said, you know, he realized he was actually doing the writing, but not getting the paycheck. <laughs> they were just stealing yeah. his ideas. Kel, well, Kel, what would you say here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just scribble that in. But, you know, Nickelodeon was, was for kids, by kids. I mean, it was like, you know what, it, you're it, right. It, you know, it makes, makes total sense, but yes, yes. what a great guest and a great, great person. So that was fun. And right before we started, we, we were, t- we had a little, uh, powwow about a lot of exciting guests we have coming up. Oh my gosh. That yes. we're not going to tell you. <laughs> no, we got, yeah, one, two, we got bang, yeah. bang, great guests. And, uh, thank you everyone for listening and joining us. And, uh, Christine, amazing to see you. Good to see you. We'll see everybody next time. Yes. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give us five stars. And please follow us on Instagram at Hey Dude, the 90s called. See you next time. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages, they starved us, they beat us. Was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.